So I was watching Tucker Carlson yesterday <laughs> and he covered a, a pretty, pretty important uh, topic um, talking about why M&Ms are, are no longer sexy or no longer attractive. So this is from the Daily Beast here. Um, if you want to go, if you want to go and watch the clip for yourself, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, M&M's unveiled a more inclusive image for their chocolate characters this week, and it was fairly unexciting. Brown, formerly Miss Brown, will sport heels instead of stilettos, and Green will swap her go 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 boots for sneakers. So talking about like the brown M&M and the green M&M. But it was predictably enough to send Fox News host Tucker Carlson off the deep end. In a bizarre rant, he whined that M&M's was on a mission to make the characters, quote, less sexy and, quote, deeply unappealing to the point that you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. It's highly unlikely anyone ever wanted to have a drink with a cartoon chocolate character. But Carlson, nonetheless, um, lamented that no one would be turned on by an M&M anymore. Quote, that's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity, he said. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what Tucker Carlson is into. Um, I've never considered M&M's attractive. Um, if he's into that, you know. They're not even a good candy. More power to him. Well, well, I was going to say, like, I've never found M&M's attractive. I just, I just like to eat them. But... <laughs> Apparently, Tucker Carlson is really upset about the fact that they're changing their image to be slightly more inclusive. And literally, like, I'm looking at the pictures now, like, they don't look any different. Like, all they're doing is changing the shoes yeah. and, like, making them look a little more 3D. <laughs> like, that's like that's it. And then Eminem's, Eminem's tweeted here. Um, Eminem's tweeted here a couple days ago. Um, did my shoes really break the internet? And then it's like the green M&Ms, the green M&M and it's wearing its sneakers instead of the, the heels or the boots. God. Being it's... less sexy. That's the goal. <laughs> well, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's dumb that like Tucker Carlson got so upset about it because like, like you're saying, it's a candy. In my opinion, it's a shit candy. No offense to our listeners who like M&Ms. I just feel like the like candy Bad coating gets... <laughs> I feel like the candy coating like gets in the way of the chocolate. Like I would rather have like a butterfinger or like, yeah, I'd rather have a butterfinger than an M&M. I just do not like M&Ms. But like, I also feel like at the same time, like this type of performative bullshit, I mean, it's the same stuff that we we're always talking about, like this culture war nonsense, like, oh, the M&Ms are wearing sneakers though, instead of go all they have, like, come on, man, it's like all they have. I'm so First, sick of it was, the big woke industry taking our yeah. <laughs> candy away. I mean, first it was Mr. Potato Head changing the name to just Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Then it was um, Dr. Seuss, the company itself, canceling a couple books because there were like racist things in the books. And they yeah. were like, hey, these haven't aged too well. We're going to take them out. And then the, the woke mob is coming for Dr. Seuss. It's like, it's the publishing company that decided to pull the book and they're not even popular books. There were, there are books that like no one, no one's even ever heard of. Yeah. But like, uh, again, like, like you were saying, this is just, it's just culture war bullshit because they, they have nothing. They have nothing to say about wages. They have nothing to say about healthcare. 
they have nothing to say about people being robbed by the 1%. So they have to talk about this. But that's the thing, Nick, is like even like the Democrats um, have made it clear that they don't really have anything to say about those issues either. I mean, Joe Biden held a press conference a couple days ago and just gaff after gaff. I mean, I don't know what more we would expect from him, but like one of the things that uh, people got really upset about is that he, I guess, um, like he was asked, like, well, what what's going to happen if Russia invades Ukraine? And he was like, well, um, if uh, if an inv- since an invasion is imminent, um, a minor incursion and that's a direct quote, a minor incursion by the Russians would solicit a softer response from the U.S. than that of a full scale invasion. So, like, a lot of people didn't like that because it's almost like he was saying, well, you know, this is going to happen one way or another. So be yeah, prepared is that what he said? For- yeah, that's a uh, the minor incursion is a direct quote. I'm looking at a uh, Fox News article, which of course is biased, but yeah, he did he did right. say that. <laughs> mm, well, that's a little that's a little worrisome. <laughs> yeah, I know he did a press conference and it was like the first one in a while. Yeah, and they must have like gave him a, a bunch of Addy or something because he was out there for <laughs> two hours taking questions. <laughs> and because yeah, his poll numbers are. <laughs> Like in the tank, he's at like 38% right now. God, yeah. And I think I think they're finally getting the message, like, oh shit, we need to we need to do something. <laughs> Cause that's the thing, like the Build Back Better Act um really didn't come to fruition. And that was supposed to be his signature piece of legislation, even after they even after after they gutted it and gutted it again and gutted it and gutted it for mansion. He was like, no, I'm not going to support it. And then this voting rights bill that they tried to get through, that doesn't look like it's happening either. No. And that's what's so so disturbing is during this press conference, one of the reporters was like, well, do you think you overpromised? And he said, no, as a matter of fact, I've outperformed what people thought I was capable of, which it's like, what? Like, are we are you? you know, like, are we talking about the same Joe Biden? Like, I feel like everyone I know, like, obviously Republicans are dissatisfied with him. Uh, Progressives and, you know, farther left than that, like us are dissatisfied with him. I think even like Democrats are having like a hard time trying to defend what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're seeing a lot of Democrats, like establishment types and, you know, capital D Democrats who are going out there touting the economy, talking about like the stock market or the job growth or how things are opening back up. And it's very reminiscent of like, like how Trump would brag about the stock market or, you know, Oh, this many jobs were created, even though though they're like low wage jobs, oftentimes with no benefits or security. And again, the stock market is not an, an indicator of how regular people are doing. Right. But you're, you're seeing a lot of that as opposed to like, you know, doing something about the minimum wage, like he said he would do, canceling student loan debt, like he said he would do, doing a public option, like he said he would do, you know, yeah. like we've, we've seen nothing on that. And at the same time that uh, Steve Ducey, who was one of the guys at that press conference, was accusing him of, of being far left pulling the country far left. I wish. He's, yeah. Yeah. 
he's you know? he's barely he's barely done anything at all. So well, but, and you know what? In in Biden's defense, and one of the rare times I will say this on the show, I do think like I'm thinking about like his COVID response. And I heard an interesting point the other day from one of my colleagues in school, like the pandemic is not just a US thing, you know, the pandemic is obviously happening on a global scale. And I feel like we, I think to a certain degree are doing the best we can. Like he did get, you know, the four tests for household. A lot of people are mad about that because they say, well, what about a household of five or six, you know, but it's like- years into the pandemic. Right. And it is three. No. And I, I'll admit like he could have done something better, but I, I think it is good ultimately, like, because compared to like Great Britain, like I think Britain, they can get like so many more tests than us. I don't know an exact number, but like they're a lot smaller country. Like we have tons of people, you know what I mean? So like, it is good that he's doing the tests. And I think like, it, he's got like, <laughs> you have to give him some compassion, Nick, because he's trying to balance like the lives of millions and millions of people with, you know, the economic needs of corporations. And that's a tough choice. <laughs> it's a tough balance to strike. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, again, I think this is Biden's problem though, is he's not a visionary, you mm-hmm. know, like he does, he like, he's not, he's not going to come out there and argue aggressively for something or aggressively try to get something done. He's a very, like, he's very much like, he's someone who looks at politics and, and I don't, I don't think it's just because of the era he's from. I think it's just because of the type of person he is. Okay. He's someone who looks at politics and says, oh, if the votes aren't there, it's not happening. You right. know, as opposed to like FDR or LBJ, where they would say like, oh, if the votes aren't there, I'm going to make them be there. 100%. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like he like- wasn't going, like he wasn't going down there. I, I on Capitol Hill, trying to get those senators on board, twisting their arms, making threats, potentially going no, out there and, and giving speeches and, and he could have. That's so, what LBJ did. LBJ would intimidate people. He, yes. would, he was, I think, very tall and he would like stand over people and be like, you're going to vote a certain way. And, you know, this like Uncle Joe <laughs> kind of archetype that we have is just like, oh, I'm, I'm doing my best. And that's just not what the American people need right now. I think um, like to me, like the mansion and cinema thing, like you started talking about the Voting Rights Act and like in order for, I think it's the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, and Freedom we'll talk- to vote, yeah. John R. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, um, we'll talk a little bit more about what that bill was, but in order, first of all, in order to even try and get that bill passed, they needed like, um, what, 60 votes? Is that correct? Yeah, well, they needed 50, 51 votes to pass it but the Republicans started filibustering it. Mm-hmm. So to end the filibuster, you need 60 votes for cloture. So okay. effectively 60 votes to pass the bill. And, you know, the Democrats don't have 60 votes to end the filibuster. So Chuck Schumer proposed a rule change to change the requirements to invoke cloture and end debate from 60, where it was at, to 50. But, but you need 51 votes for a rule change and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema blocked that from happening. Right. And like, I so essentially the bill just will, will die. It won't happen. Right. And according to um, CNN, it sounds like Manchin and Cinema both had similar reasoning for why they voted against that rule change. Um, 
the cinema in particular said like, you know, we're risking repeated radical reversals of federal policy, cementing uncertainty and further eroding confidence in our government. And it's like, this is just incredibly ironic to me because we're, you know, a couple days, a couple weeks past the anniversary of January 6th, which is probably like the greatest example that, you know, American people have no confidence in their government. <laughs> like, I think that's very clear by the fact that people literally tried to overturn the election. Um, and I just think like what I'm trying to understand why, what their motivation would be other than just being like, you know, a stick in the gears of the political process. Like they're not even acting like Democrats, like who, like whose behalf are they working on to refuse to get voting rights legislation passed. Like that is one of the most like gentle democratic policies of just literally opening our democracy up and allowing more people to vote. Like, why would you be against that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember for the build back better act, it was much more conclusive. Like I understood why like Kirsten cinema was against, you know, like the insulin thing where captain slant at $35 a month because she took a bunch of money from pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. I understood why Joe Manchin was against it because he owns a coal company. He's taken a bunch of money from the coal industry. Um, yeah, I, he, he's extremely corrupt. He's taken money from other special interests. He's, he owns stake in like hotel companies and, and all this stuff. So like there's con- clear conflicts of interest here, but when it comes to this voting rights stuff, I mean, it just, I mean, I mean, with Joe Manchin, I think there is a bit of an argument to make about the fact that he's just more conservative. But with Kirsten Cinema, I, I don't know. I think I think part of her, I, th- I think she kind of likes this. Like she kind of likes being the, mm. you know, adverse person. Like I, I remember this. This was it. Might have been a couple of years ago, but the Senate was voting on raising the minimum wage to fifteen bucks an hour. Yeah. And there was this really funny video on Twitter that blew up. Maybe you saw it where she like comes down to the Senate floor and she's like wearing this like super trendy, like edgy outfit. And she like just does that. And she like the does this little curtsy, yeah. curtsy with like a thumbs down. And it's just like, mm, it's like I'm trying to be woke while voting against legislation that would actually help people. And I think there's a part, I think there's a part of her that like, I don't know, likes that, likes being the enemy or likes being the center of attention. It's it's really bizarre. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder, I think we covered that on the show because I remember making fun of her uh, outfit and because it was not trendy, Nick, I think we need to make a correction immediately. Well, <laughs> her interpretation of, of right, 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 trend, right. it was like this weird skirt with this pink sweater. Oh. <gasps> It's just, it's just (laughs) annoying. But like, no, I I think you're onto something there. And I wonder if it's something where like she can come back to her constituents recognizing maybe it's actually very intelligent politicking on her end because you, you know, you can recognize, well, we've got this democratic president, his approval rating is 38%. Democrats are not very popular right now. So as a Democrat, in order to get reelected, I need to show that I can stand up to what capital T capital D the Democrats want me to do. I wonder if it's like that. I don't think so. Cause their poll numbers are like way down in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Like, Maybe she'll get aren't. primaried. I hope so. Cause yeah, people are not happy with her and 
Oh, I just, yeah, if someone doesn't primary her when she runs for election, I feel like that seat's just going to get taken by a Republican. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. She's going to, she's like, what's her campaign going to be? Hey, I've stonewalled everything that the Democrats have tried to do. All you Democrats yeah, in Arizona, come. Yeah, all you, all, all you Democrats in Arizona, come out to vote for me. Like, number one, they're not going to vote for you. And the Republicans aren't going to vote for you either, Kirsten Sinema. Because you're not Because they're not going to vote for any Democrat. Oh. Yeah. People, I think that people, like, refuse to understand that, like, appealing to moderates, which is something that we've seen fail over and over in recent history, is an outdated strategy. And so I'm saying, like, I wonder if she is still trying to do that, despite the fact that it's clearly going to be ineffective. I, I don't know what she's trying to do. But it's <laughs> Maybe just she just annoying. likes attention. Um, yeah, like I'm saying, like Democrats have this super slim majority. And that's the thing. If you don't have every Democrat on board, it, it's basically like it's basically like the midterms have already happened. You know, yeah. like I feel like Democrats are going to lose the, the House. They might lose the Senate, depending on what seats are up. But like, that's the thing. It's like make or break. You know, you've got till next year at this time, you know, to get stuff done. Because after that, Joe Biden's pretty much a lame duck president. Yeah, absolutely. If he's yeah. not already. <laughs> absolutely. And no, we've we've speculated. I know that the midterms are going to be disastrous. There's not only a precedent for it, but there is a president for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think it's important, like. I have a couple thoughts about the Voting Rights Act. So, like, first of all, like this, this is some pretty uh, reasonable, I think, for most people who aren't Republicans, like legislation. I think, you know, it would be supported by not only progressives, but, you know, Democrats and even some people who are more moderate, just because, again, it's it's allowing more people to vote. So it would have allowed mail in voting. It would have allowed, you know, more ballot boxes um, required states to recount or to count, excuse me, provisional ballots, ballots, um, and allowed third party groups to give water and food to voters waiting in line, which I didn't think was against the law now because I've done that before. (laughs) Um, I think in Georgia, they passed a law saying like, you can't give gifts to people in line. And part of that was water and food. Right. But the idea, of course, behind us doing that is the lines are so long sometimes if you have to vote in person that like you want to encourage people to stay in line and cast their vote um exactly and another thing but it would have but, done well but well think about it. like if you don't then you pass a law like preventing people from doing that right it's against the law to give people food or water while they're in line to vote which is just weird like i think if you know it's one thing if you say like you know i'll give you this um bottle of water if you vote for hillary clinton but i think it's another thing to be like hey like thanks for voting here's water that seems like it would be pretty american um another thing i really actually do think would have been cool is it would restore uh voting rights to felons once they're out of prison which i think is really significant i think that in some states right now felons can vote um i'm pretty 90 percent sure they can in michigan but i think that should be something like universal like in my opinion, like you are participating in society again, you know, like now that you're out of prison, 
the idea is that you're supposed to be reformed. You and I both know that's not how prison works, but that's the theory, right? Um, I think felons absolutely need to be able to vote. Even when they're in prison, I think they should vote. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think, um, oh gosh, there's a lot I could say about this. Go for it. <laughs> I think, I think that, that you, they should definitely have the right to vote while they're out of prison. Um, but yeah, even, even when they're in prison, I would say, because they're still citizens and they're yeah. still being directly affected by government policy, you know, if I think not the, more the, so. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause it's so much more direct. Um, I feel like the argument from people who are against like prisoners voting is, oh, well, you know, if you, if you had them vote, you could hypothetically, um, you know, have, have a population, you know, vote to get themselves out of prison. Right. Good. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Like, what does that say about the voting system or the, right. the prison system in the United States? Yeah. So I, I would be in favor of just totally reworking the prison system. So it's more re- restorative um, discipline instead of like punitive, kind of like they have in Norway where it's actually, based on like trying to rebuild you as a person and like give you the tools you need to go back out in society and be, be successful. Whereas in the United States, like you're basically just locked in a cage. Yeah. And like you said, like you don't get reformed when you come out 67% of the time, people who get out of prison, just go right back in. So it, it might not be something that sits well with you emotionally, you know, to actually be empathetic towards prisoners. Um, but it's something that actually works and is actually successful. And you have countries like Norway that have done that, that, that we can look, look, look to as examples. But yeah, I do think that they, they should be able to vote. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. And I think, um, to that end, I mean, the voting rights, whenever we talk about voting rights, like people, there's this confusion, I think, because Democrats, largely speaking, tend to realize that these laws, you know, restrict restriction of voting access tends to affect people of color more than it does white people like the voter ID laws. Like, I think one of the provisions in this bill would have been um, it would have you would have been able to provide like a wider range of IDs or you could have like a sworn statement from someone else. I could bring my mom and she could be like, I promise this is Danielle. Like I'm swearing it. And then I'd be able to to sign an affidavit. Right. Yeah. Um, but people love to just say, well, you should be able to have an ID to prove that you're who you say you are. And it's like in theory, like, yes, but when it comes down to it, if you live in an urban area and you don't drive, why would you have a driver's license? They cost like, you know, $40 to get, at least here in Colorado, I just had to get a driver's license and it was like $35. And if you are not a person of means, that's why would you, you know, that's making someone pay to vote essentially, which is completely ludicrous. Poll taxes, modern day poll taxes. Uh huh. But, but that's the point. Like you, I, let me just say, I would be fine with voter IDs as long as you give everyone access to an ID, you right. know, mail it to them. Um, let them use their social security card. Let them use an electric bill. <clears throat> let them use a W-2. And that's what that bill would have done. It would have expanded the scope of like what you could use for an ID. 
And I think that's fine. But what you see a lot of these states doing, like Alabama, is they require, no, you need like a state issued driver's license or ID. And as you said, you know, if you don't have a car, you might not have that ID. And it gets especially harder when Alabama decides to close all of the DMVs in all of the majority black counties. Uh-huh. So they can't go and get the ID. Um, and But that's kind of the point is like they're, they're trying to restrict people's access to the ballot box because that's Absolutely. how they win elections. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think a Republican president since Reagan has won or maybe, maybe, maybe George HW Bush, but a Republican president hasn't won the popular vote in an election in a long, long time. <laughs> and Donald Trump didn't win the popular vote twice and he appointed three Supreme Court justices and like totally restructured the tax code in this country so that corporations can get away with literally paying zero in taxes. So, yeah, when we think about democracy, when we think about people having a say, extraordinarily important. And I think it says a lot about the Republican Party that they're trying to take that away from people. Absolutely. One thing in this bill that I don't it's not that I disagree with it, but I don't particularly care for it. I think it's misled is this idea that um, we should make election day a national holiday. And while that's, you know, well-intentioned, like the idea being that like, oh, well, people will have the day off work and they'll be able to, you know, vote at their convenience. I just think that's just so misled because service industry workers, like people who work in fast food or retail, they're not going to get the day off. McDonald's isn't going to close just because it's voting day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I, I just think that that's kind of tone deaf. I'm not saying we shouldn't make it a national holiday. I'm just saying like, that isn't like the gotcha that people who are supporters of that think that it is. It's not going to be as powerful as people would like to believe. Yeah. It's a very like, um, it's a, it, like you said, it's a very like liberal tone deaf reform. Yeah. Like it reminds me of Jen Psaki, the, the press secretary after, after it became clear that the, the voting rights bill probably wasn't going to pass. She's like, um, she did like this Instagram thing where she's like, I know you're upset. I know you're pissed, but, um, go home, uh, have a drink, go, go, uh, go, go, do a Pilates class or something and then oh, no. you know, c- come back on Monday. And I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Have it's a like, glass oh. of uh, Chardonnay from a $45 bottle of wine. Exactly. You like, know. Oh, must, must be nice. Must be nice to like, Oh, when, when, when you don't win to just be able to like, you know, kick your feet up in your nice, you know, New York or DC apartment, pour some wine. And, you know, just relax while there's people who are drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. (laughs) Yeah. We podcast for the people who can only afford to drink Pabst Blue Ribbon. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, election day, like even teachers on election day have usually have professional development. Really? You still have to show up. Yeah. So it's like people aren't getting the day off. It's a federal holiday. Yeah, Unless no, they just... make it like a federal holiday where, you know, these industries are supposed to close. 
I just don't well, watch. Like, McDonald's pe- pe- is open on Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like, oh, God, I think they are. Terrible. There's got to be. I doubt they oh. all close for Christmas. I just don't think that's right. Um, yeah. No, I remember I worked at Starbucks on Christmas Day. I worked at Starbucks on Thanksgiving. I've worked at Starbucks on Easter. Um, so I don't think that if all of a sudden we were to say November 8th national holiday, I don't think that fast food would close. I don't think that grocery stores would close. So I think yeah, like, again, like it's there's just gotta this- be, I feel like there's gotta be like, you gotta make it on a weekend, you know, because the whole reason for having it on Tuesday initially was, was because people, this, this was like back in the, um, horse and like horse and buggy days it's because people would go to church on sunday and then they needed a day to travel to the county seat where they would vote so that was monday and then they would arrive on tuesday and vote oh that's not how that's not how it works anymore no but even if it was on a weekend plenty of people work on the weekend that's true but i think you could see a higher turnout if it was like on saturday and sunday okay I, I mean, I think the solution is. I mean, I'm trying to. Voting. Yeah, mail-in voting. Oregon's been doing it for like well over a decade, and it's yeah. been successful. But yeah, I think I support a lot of a lot of what was in that bill. Um, God, I just, I just can't believe like like the Build Back Better Act is going to happen. That's not going to happen. Oh. Yeah, it's not looking great. I think like, and that's the thing, like we were talking about on our last show, like people, your everyday American is not paying attention to like your everyday American is not like a policy wonk. They're not like, oh, well, fill, like most, I would say most people don't even know what a filibuster is. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care about that. They want to know, am I going to be able to afford to send my kids to daycare? Am I going to be able to afford my insulin? Can I pay my rent at the end of the month? Like, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, politicians in general, I was going to say the Democrats, but I know we malign them a lot. Republicans, too, it goes without saying, just have completely lost touch with working class people. Yeah, for sure. And it sucks because, like, even though the Republican Party isn't really based on, on policy anymore, I mean, they do policy, but they don't they don't brag about it because you can't go out and brag about tax cuts for the rich and and deregulation. But they're very good at like doing the culture war stuff like the M&Ms, like the let's go, Brandon, you know, like that's the stuff that gets them out to the polls. And like the Democrats don't like they don't even have that. You know, no, like there's really no big point. dick energy in the Democratic Party. <laughs> and, well, it's, and it's so true. Like, I've heard it a million times that like voting for your favorite political party is like voting for your favorite sports team. And the Republicans have like all the swag. They have all the slogans. Um, people are actually like energized and excited to vote for the Republican Party. And the Democrats just are not bringing the uh, the energy, you know, oh, to, that, they could. to that game. Yeah, and they could. Like if Biden took marijuana off the schedule one drug classification, which he can do. That alone. <laughs> yeah. Um if he canceled ten to fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt, which he could direct his department of uh or his secretary of education to do, which he said he was gonna do, that would make him insanely popular with young people. If he pushed for a public option, I mean any of this stuff, like you said. Like these are bread and butter issues. Like when people see the effects of them, 
they they like him. The, when his approval rating was the highest was when he sent out those $1,400 checks. Mm-hmm. And granted, it was at the beginning of his term, but like people saw that and they were like, ooh, I have money. Oh, I my like life this. is better because yeah, of my president. My life, my life is materially improved. Right. But now he's he's not doing anything while he's accused of dragging the country too far to the left. And I think, you know, it's important to keep in mind for our liberal listeners, we don't dog on Biden just for the sake of hating the Democratic Party. Like, that's not what it's about. It's that, you know, the Democratic Party for people like Nick and I, for other leftists is would ideally be the party that we would most identify with. We are disappointed because we see the opportunity for change and just see like the ball being dropped over and over. So it's not that we just hate on Democrats. It's that come on, like get it together. Like we want to be on your side, but you're just not putting in the work. Yeah. Like I, I want the Democrats to win. You know, I want to come out there and support the Democrats, but as of late, it's like, it's getting harder and harder to find a reason, not just for us. But I mean, if you look at the polls, most Americans, this, despite that, if you look at the issues, you know, like, you know, and I go through them every time, but Majority of people support a Medicare for all or a public option. Well over a majority of people support legalizing marijuana. People support canceling student loan debt. People support a, a $15 minimum wage. 62% of adults support a, a raising the federal minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. Like these are all democratic issues. They should be championed by the Democratic Party. And if they were, they would, they would smoke the Republicans 100%. In, in the midterms. Like if Democrats were talking about these things and you've got Republicans talking about fucking M&Ms and uh, Big Bird and, <laughs> and Potato Head, Win- Winnie the Pooh or whoever the fuck else, like Democrats, <laughs> Democrats would smoke them in the midterms. Yeah, uh-huh. like People would look at them, be, be, people would say, oh, these people are talking about helping me. These people are talking about improving my life. And these people are fucking idiots. <laughs> you know, I, it just seems so simple. So like, why are they so invested in? appealing to the moderates when you're, you're leaving a whole bunch of voters that completely that out is of the, the that is the moderate position right though. right right that's the thing yeah so like even double my position like so to take what i just said you're not only appealing to the moderates because again most of these people support these common sense policies but you're also appealing to my point being like people who don't vote who need to be given a reason to vote you know exactly yeah like a lot of people came out in the midterms or not the midterms but i think a lot of people came out in the presidential election because they saw like trump was fucking crazy yeah um he was a disaster on covid and everyone was just tired of him. they're like okay give me anything but this and they picked biden and he didn't even win by that big of a margin it was very it was a very slim margin, but you know, we're a year in and it's not looking too good. No. And with that, there's nothing left.